This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air. Hi everyone, you're listening to Thoughts and Theories on ORFM, where I'll delve deeper into the meanings and messages of films, books, TV shows, and more. I'm Asha Amaasri, and let's get into it. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Thoughts and Theories. How is everybody doing? I hope everyone's having a fantastic time, especially considering the fact that exams are over, guys. Or at least if you're in high school, then things should be wrapping up pretty soon. My brother just had, I think, his last exam today, and it was a media studies exam, and I'm pretty sure it was quite stressful for him, but he knocked it out of the park, I'm sure. And my exams are over and done with, thank goodness. And if you guys are also studying at uni, then I'm pretty sure results are already out. So if you guys haven't checked that out already, definitely check it out and let me know how you guys did. Uh, My school, on the other hand, uh, I I think I did pretty good. I did pretty good, better than I expected and also not as good as I expected at the same time. It was pretty varied results, but at the end of the day, I'm happy. I I put the results... No, I put the efforts into it, and I got the results equivalent to the effort. So I'm happy about that. But I am looking forward to the summer. Uh, Christmas is around the corner. I know a lot of you guys have Christmas plans, um, and people are starting to do shopping and, you know, reconnecting with family members and stuff like that. I don't celebrate Christmas. However, I do get the benefit of enjoying all the Christmas sales from shops. (laughs) So that's a good thing. Actually, I went to Black Friday recently, which was super fun, um, though it was quite busy. Uh, but it was um, it was worth the trip, especially at Sketches. Definitely go to Sketches, guys. Anyway, doesn't matter. Sorry. Um, I felt like I needed to complete the what I started last episode, which was uh, Barbie. I remember talking about uh, like it's been it's been quite a while since I discussed about Barbie with you guys, and usually when I do a two parter, then I record everything all at once, like the part one and the part two, and then I cue the episode, so then my points are like all fresh in my memory and stuff like that. But I remember when I was doing the Barbie episode, for whatever reason, I couldn't do, I couldn't do like I usually do, uh, which means that I am recording this last minute as per usual, um, and I, it has been over a month. I think, um, yeah, over a month since part one, and um, I'm not quite sure what I said last time, so forgive me if I do, re- if I have repeated a few things, um, but uh, I'm sure it'll be fine. What I do remember was that part one, I remembered talking about uh, how other people's opinions on Barbie uh, was actually surprisingly not that great, especially Ben Shapiro, Blech, Pierce Morgan, Blech, especially... <laughs> People, a lot of people didn't 
it wasn't quite well received with a few people and I was talking about the critiques and I remember promise remembered promising that this episode I will be talking about the movie itself and what it was trying to tell you um so let's just get straight into it because I do have a few um notes on that actually because as much as like there was a lot of criticism on everything I really 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 enjoyed it I remember telling you guys that and I cried I'm not ashamed to admit it I cried multiple times um but one of the complaints that um people got was that the movie was a little bit too feminism but like not It was, like, basic feminism, you know? Like, it was Feminism 101, and it was just, like, everybody knows this. Like, especially America's, um, the actress who, uh, who, uh, plays Gloria. Um, the actress's name is America Ferreira. I don't, I don't actually recall her, the character's name, Gloria, ever actually being mentioned in the film. So I'll just be referring to her as the actress. But if you guys don't know who I'm talking about, it's the one, it's the lady who did that huge, like, feminist speech um, near the end of the movie when Barbie was at her lowest and uh, she was, you know, started talking about how it's pretty much impossible to be a woman in the 21st century. Um, and everyone was kind of complaining about her speech because it, it was just so basic. Um, everyone knows this. Like, it's not a surprise. Like, you know, as if people expected really, really deep things coming out of this film about a doll that is, I think, mainly directed to, like, 13-year-olds. The thing is that I don't understand. Like, I feel like people just don't get the film. Um, and... I, like, I'm saying this with the chance, like, with the risk of uh, sounding, like, conceited. Not Is conceited the right word? Like, you know, uh, a little bit uh, pompous with my knowledge. But I just feel like, I genuinely feel like people who say that don't really understand the point of that speech. Because in my personal opinion, hearing that speech for the first time, watching that movie, I remember feeling so moved and so heard and seen in a way that I didn't expect to be seen um because it just it brought out such such like points of being a woman of the like daily life of it of needing to be everything and nothing and um wanting to overachieve and like you know you know that feeling that Barbie gets where she just can't be ordinary the feeling that you must you must have some extraordinary thing to make you feel worthy like you can't just be a regular old woman a regular old Barbie she's not Nobel prize winning Barbie she's not Dr Barbie she's not doing anything to save humanity she's just a woman living her normal daily life and she's struggling that that hits so much. And if you do think about it in terms of the grand scheme of things with feminism, of course, of course it's basic. Because it's it's introduct it's like it is sort of like an introductory thing to feminism because this speech, it's not for us exactly. It's more of a revisit to memory lane for us, but like this speech is directed to Barbie, a woman who has never faced a day of struggle in her life, okay? She's lived the perfect, idealistic life since forever, okay? But now, suddenly, she's facing the world 
and realizing how cruel and dark and cold and lonely it is. And she's experiencing new insecurities that she didn't think that she would ever have, like her having cellulite, growing old, and, you know, just... I don't know, like, you know, a bad breath and, you know, just normal things. But it's her being truly conscious about herself and her own body and the people around her for the very first time. And this is making her doubt her self-worth. Everyone's been through that. We as girls, yes, we're used to it now, which sucks. But like, we were all once Barbie. We were all once little girls who loved to dress up, who loved to play games, who were all happy, had nothing to worry about. But then as we grew older, we got more exposed to the world gradually and slowly our dreams or whatever gets chipped off and maturity takes place of naivete. And it's just, it's, it's a sad thing, but we were all there. We've been there before, but Barbie hasn't. That's why the speech is so impactful to us because it reminded us of when we felt like that for the first time ever. And with Barbie's reaction to it as well. And also, I love, I love the fact that the narrator said, because um, she said, oh, I'm not beautiful. Like, I don't feel beautiful anymore. That, that like broke my heart so much because obviously like in the joke (laughs) the joke was uh you know note to the directors or screencasters or something uh casting margot robbie is the wrong choice to make this point which obviously was hilarious but at the same time i think it drew the point home even more because she is so beautiful we know this as the viewers like we know margot robbie she's absolutely drop dead gorgeous we know this However, her at like her perception of herself is never going to be the same as what other people view her. You know? She doesn't feel beautiful anymore. Therefore, when she looks in the mirror, she's ugly. But we as the outsiders know for a fact that she is beautiful. That is the same for us. We look into the mirrors and we can't help but see nothing but the bad things, you know, maybe I feel like this is me personally, like maybe I look in the mirror and I'm like, oh no, like my skin tone's uneven, my, I've got uh, pimples all over and like, you know, that I, you know, have a weight gain and it's just showing a little bit too much on my chin and it's, you know, all these things. Whereas if my friends were to walk by, they wouldn't even mention these things because they don't see it. They would see someone beautiful because I see people like I see my friends and they are absolutely gorgeous and then they talk about their insecurities and I'm like girl what are you on about because that is not something that I would ever see that is not something that I focus on because I genuinely enjoy and love their attention and they are just beautiful that's it like it sounds I feel like it sounds insincere and it sounds like I'm being super general about it but genuinely I don't think I've ever met someone like ugly like there's I don't I genuinely don't think there's such a thing like yes there are things there are people and features that you know media has considered conventionally unattractive is is that a word conventionally unattractive or like you know what a lot of people consider um, consider unattractive however it's just normal things you know like uh like if you think about normal everyday uh teenage 
things. Like, you know, when the girl gets a makeover, she was wearing glasses, but she takes off her glasses and suddenly you have beautiful eyes. Like, what? So wearing glasses is something to be, is, you know, something ugly now. Whereas, like, yes, in a movie, you see that as, like, a movie device and you're like, oh, no, a plot device. And you're like, oh, okay, so this is obviously main character energy. Later, there's going to be, like, a whole, like, um, montage and she's going to take off her glasses. And we all know the plot, right? However, in real life, a lot of people wear glasses. And I don't see that as something that's unattractive, you know? Yes, for little kids, that makes you insecure. And that's, like, obviously understandable. There's, like media influences us a lot especially growing up but seriously like in all seriousness of living everyday life going to work going to school talking to people buying things it's like every every person I pass it's like I'm not gonna look at every single person who wears glasses and think ew like you know what I mean there's just the things that the media tells you are unattractive aren't actually unattractive like it's just everyday things that I wouldn't even think about it that's the thing like it might not be attractive but that doesn't make it unattractive it's just there like for example did you know hip dips were an insecurity for a lot of women and for those of you who don't know what hip dips are it's basically like where your hips are but there's like instead of it curving out it's like just a straight line and there's like a dip and um, if you, I don't know how to explain it properly. If like you guys don't know what I'm talking about, please search it up. But if you don't know what I'm talking about, then that's exactly the point. No one cares about that stuff. No one actually like sees like like I genuinely don't think a guy is gonna see a very attractive woman at a gym. Okay, let's say, and then like think, oh, she's so beautiful. But nah, I'm not gonna talk to her. Uh, because she's got hip dips. She's automatically ugly because she's got hip dips. Like, a lot of these insecurities and a lot of these things that are, quote, unattractive, unquote, it's just not. It's just features that people say are ugly. And then um, a lot of people, you know, I guess agree with that. But it's not, it's not something that a lot of people actually agree with. You know, a lot of people agree with it, but a lot of people don't actually agree with it. Looking at, because social media, as great as it is, there obviously are a lot of downsides to it. Um, like, you look at this um, person saying, oh, hip dips is so unattractive. And then you see, like, 1,500 people like that. Or, like, a million point two like that, right? And it's like, oh, no, a lot of people, a lot of people agree with what this person is saying. I have hip dips. This is this is crazy. Oh, no, I'm unattractive. But really, the average person who walks by you, the average person who will talk to you or find you attractive won't even consider that won't even pop up in their head. And I'm pretty sure majority of the people don't even know what hip dips are. And obviously, I'm focusing a lot on hip dips right now because I can't think of anything else. But that's just an example. There's a whole lot of other insecurities that people may have about like their natural features about how their body is built um maybe they're just naturally bigger than others or maybe their lips are smaller or bigger or um you know maybe their skin is too light too dark for their own taste and it's just you're just made to hate yourself that is what the media wants you to do to hate yourself therefore therefore what <laughs> I feel like I'm writing an essay and I'm trying to find, like, fancy segues. But no, the media wants you to hate yourself because they want to sell you products. Products to 
um, to help improve what, you know, you so-called lack. But you don't really lack anything. They just want to sell you things because they want to steal your money for things that are so useless because they, okay, here it is. They give you solutions to problems that they create. That's it. That is the most simple way that I can say it. So we're used to insecurities, okay? But Barbie is not. And her biggest thing was cellulite at first. And she couldn't wear heels. Her feet was flat on the ground. And it was so, like, not normal. And she was scared. Obviously, the cellulite thing was a joke. But at the same time, if you really think about it, that is a real thing. That is a thing that a lot of women are insecure about. Because, like, oh, no, like, my skin isn't smooth anymore. And it's like, you know, it's not, I don't feel beautiful anymore. Because if you look at the models on, like, the magazines and stuff, they have, like, such perfect bodies that are hairless and smooth or tan or pale or whatever. Like, they're always just so perfect, thick, thin, and everything. And it's just... Stop it. <laughs> it's funny in the movie, but it's an actual real, like, um... It's a real... Uh, insecurity for women who are aging but that is seriously the most natural part of aging it's not something to be concerned about that just happens as you grow older and it sucks that just aging is something to be shamed about but you know whatever the media is not gonna listen to me so <laughs> but like back to barbie so she says she doesn't feel beautiful anymore when clearly she is, but her own insecurity is the one that, like, blocks it, right? Because I, I say this a lot to my friends, to myself as well. I, like, really try hard to remind myself about this. But we are honestly our own worst critic. We cannot judge our own work properly. That is why when you're in a bad situation or anything involved, if you're if there's a problem or an issue and you're in the thick of it, it is always best, it is always great to have good, solid, reliable people around you to, like, kind of metaphorically slap you in the face and give you a wake-up call. Like, hey, this guy is waving so many red flags, he's practically a tomato. He's so red right now, he is a tomato. Like, he is, he is, you are drowning in red flags right now. Like, break up with this man, you know? But you can't see that because you're in love with him and you you think everything is perfect and it's like you just can't judge your own situation you can't see you can't truly see how you look how because other people perceive you differently to how you perceive yourself especially and that also applies to situations like i said about relationships and things like that but not only is barbie um insecure about how she looks she's also insecure about her place as barbie because in Barbie land, we all know they're all named Barbie and they're all named Ken, right? They're, those are the two, those are the two things. Um, there's Barbie, the Nobel Prize winner. There's Barbie, the doctor. There's, you know, there's all sorts of Barbies from, like, different occupations and stuff. And she's just Barbie. She is the it girl Barbie, right? She's just standard, ordinary Barbie. However, that she doesn't feel useful because of that. She is ordinary and she feels like she needs to be more than that because her title is the Barbie. There's nothing attached to it. She is, because everyone knows, like, remember that speech when, um, 
because Barbie goes to the real world to find her kid, right? The kid who is feeling sad and stuff and she needs to talk to her and make her feel better again. But, like, the kid then, like, rips her a new one and gives her, like, a uh, wake-up call. Like, Sasha, the, the kid, like, she gives, gives her a wake-up call and saying how, like, your Barbie is the person who is, like, the reason for a lot of women's insecurities, right? Because if everyone thinks about the perfect woman, it's Barbie. Blonde hair, blue eyes, perfect hourglass figure. Barbie is who you want to be, who you strive to be, and that is the perfect figure. And so when Sasha tears her a new one and basically says that she's the main reason for everybody's insecurity, that's that's a lot of pressure, right? Except, like, there's nothing... She feels like she has nothing to offer other than that. And to think that her own, the way she looks, what she stands for, is what a lot of people are insecure over when she was just trying to empower people. Like, there's obviously a lot going on and everything. What I find, what I find really awesome is at the end, obviously, she chooses to be human. And she goes from Barbie to Barbara. And she basically strips away that, um, that whole image of being that perfect woman. Because she wants to be ordinary. She wasn't happy with her life in Barbie land. There was always that pressure to be perfect. You know? The, to be something more. That is why she's insecure about like the president. Or the Nobel Prize. Or about like the other Barbies. Because they were so much better than her. And it's obviously realistic to us as well. Because we always. We girls in real life. We always feel the need to compete. Because we need to prove that we are worthy of the attention that people give us that we are worthy to like you know be competing or just be live breathing the same air as the people around us because there's just this innate competitiveness and it's not just it's not because of us but it's like the environment it feels like if you don't have something to offer then you are nothing worth giving attention to nothing worth liking or anything so Barbie has always had that pressure. And that's why at the end of the movie where she's um, all preparing, she's got a blazer on and she's getting ready and her her new family is like all like, oh, good luck, you've got this. And then she's just like, okay, I got this. And then like she goes in and everyone thinks, oh, she's going to go for a job interview because, you know, she's living in the real world. And then she comes out and she's wearing like um, slippers instead of her normal heels. And then she goes to see her gynecologist, which is... One is an absolute hilarious punchline, but on the other hand, it's just such a normal thing. She isn't going to go do a job or whatever like that or like continue the pressure or whatever. She's just doing something completely normal that probably any other woman would do, goes to a doctor's appointment. And that is something that she wouldn't have needed to do in Barbie Land because she doesn't age. There's nothing wrong with her body. She didn't have genitals. Now she does, and she's trying to figure out how it works. It's so funny. But it's normal. She wanted to be ordinary, and this is what she got. The pressure is gone. But anyway, I feel like I've, you know, I've been talking too much. Um, I remember in the last episode, I was saying how, like, I didn't know what song to give, uh, to put on. There was um, What Was I Made For by Billie Eilish, and then there was I'm Just Ken um, by Ryan Gosling, which... Obviously, I couldn't choose between two, but those are the two top songs in that entire film, in my opinion. Um, so since I didn't do I'm Just Ken and the other one, I'll do it now because it'll be a good transition 
to what I'll be talking about next. So I'll see you guys in a wee bit. Doesn't seem to matter what I do. I'm always number two. No one knows how hard I tried. Oh, oh, I, I have feelings that I can't explain. Driving me insane. All my life been so polite, but I'll sleep alone tonight. Cause I'm just kidding. Anywhere else I'd be tame. Is it my destiny to live and die a life of blood for charity? I'm just kidding. Where I see love, she sees a friend. What will it take for her? Welcome back, everyone. I hope you like that song because it's an absolutely hilarious song. And I actually genuinely listen to it on I like unironically because it's so funny. And it's just it's but like watching the music video as well is just 
like so good like Simi Liu and everything like everyone all the cans and they're all like just broing it out and it's just so it's so funny I love it but this song is so good and it's such a like um it's a good transition to what I want to talk about next which is kin and how men is perceived in the movie and like i said in my other uh in my other episode the first part a lot of people think that this movie is basically a trash dog thing on men like men sucks they're poo poo boys and they like they they're worthless and blah 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 like okay shush shush you don't you don't it's just take 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 a deep breath okay i feel like everyone who complains about how men is being perceived is just they they always complain about it so so like angrily and I'm oh I always want to say like take a deep breath and just chill for a second because I feel like I've been saying this for a bit but I feel like you don't get it <laughs> so before we talk about the movie I wanted to actually bring to the poster of the movie you know that poster where Barbie and Ken are on it and they're at the bottom of it it says she's everything He's just Ken. At first glance, it looks like she's empowered. She's an icon, she's beautiful, and she's vibing, and she's pretty much the center of the attention. But Ken, he's just Ken. It looks like it's, you know, derogatory, there's nothing special, and he's he's just there for Barbie. You know, he's just Ken. It's It's not like he's anything special. He's nothing special. And even in the film... Even in the film, um, like, Barbie has a good... Like, the narrator was like, Barbie has a good day every day. But Ken only has a good day when Barbie speaks to him or something like that. And, okay, if you just watch that part, then yes. Ken, okay, men aren't treated great. Like, it's it's not great. But I feel like the only per- people who I can excuse for saying that... For saying and actually believing that men wasn't treated well in... Like, the message from men wasn't good in this film, uh, is kids, like, people, like, 13 and below or something. Any older than that, genuinely, I feel like you didn't watch the film. It's just, the roles are sort of reversed in this film, clearly, right? Barbies are the ones that are important. The kins, the men, are secondary. They don't really matter much. So much so that the girls don't even know where... Like, Barbie didn't even know where the kins lived. Because she's always at her dream house and the Barbies are all there. But the kins, they're... Like, they live somewhere and she, no one knows about it. And there's always a lot of, like, jokes about them... About kins being secondary. And a lot of men in real life are really angry at this because not only that, they're portrayed as really dumb as well. Like, Ken is so dumb. He didn't know what the patriarchy was with the horses and, like, all he wanted was horses and, like, he was like, oh, like, something, like, when, you know, uh, he stole the house and the he had, like, lots of watches and sands and he was like, one of them even asked me for the time. <gasps> no way! Like, that. that is obviously peak comedy i love that so much but a lot of people are like ken is so dumb and it's just like i guess that's how women perceive us now huh like that's so that's so like not men friendly and everyone's like so upset (laughs) but it's (laughs) but like let's just be real for a moment you know when in in barbie land i'm not saying this is good but like in barbie land Ken felt neglected, rejected, and kind of invisible. He wasn't really seen. And that was his place 
in Barbie Land. And like like I said, it's obviously true. It's like very obvious that Barbie Land is the flip version of what regular reality is, where um where women and men are in concern, right? Like men and it like if we had to rank men goes first and then women in real life. However, in the movie that flips around and women are more important and then comes in men. So that's that system explained, right? But in so in Barbie Land he is ignored and he's pretty much invisible and he needs to lie for her like Barbie's attention all the time. However, the minute Barbie steps out in the real world, she feels unsafe and threat, uh, like threatened. And Ken, on the other hand, he's thriving in reality and he's clueless on what's going on. Um, but like, I just, feel, I, I just feel the need to comment like the difference between that. Like in Barbie Land, the worst, the worst thing that Ken, the Kens had to suffer was just not being talked to. Like that's still terrible. Like to be ignored and stuff like that. That sucks, of course. But in reality where Barbie visited, she felt unsafe. And then she was literally assaulted. Someone smacked her in the butt. And it was just like... that. <laughs> and I remember um, in my previous episode, someone said, like, um, what, like, I don't know, you guys can, like, revisit as well. But, like, basically someone said how stuff like that doesn't actually happen much in reality. Or, like, you know, give us a smile, blondie. Like, no one in the 21st century has actually said that. And, um, excuse me, guys, uh, maybe you guys need a little bit of a reality check, because you guys seem a little out of touch with reality, but, you know, I guess it doesn't matter, right, because you guys don't go through it, so therefore it doesn't exist? Okay, we'll go by your logic. Thanks, Piers. Thanks, Ben. But here's the thing with reality, right? Because obviously there's so many negative connotations about men in this film, but if we think about reality, men, because, like, whenever we talk about men in anywhere, um, men is always talked about in such a negative way, and in such a negative way, and it's like, they, they never get any slack, and sometimes I do feel genuinely bad, even though it's, like, jokes and stuff like that, like, a lot of the time, I feel like men just doesn't get, like, they don't get any slack at all, um, because they have so much pressure, they have so much pressure to deal with. Like, yes, they have the power and um, they're, like, you know, viewed a bit, like, more in a better light and, you know, they've got better opportunities and stuff like that. But at the same time, they have so much pressure. Men have the pressure to be the breadwinner and, you know, the man. They have to be tough. They can't show emotion, you know. They have to take care of the woman and their value is increased if they had a significant other. That they're pretty much nothing without a woman, just as a woman is nothing without a man, you know? But, like, Ken doesn't, like, and Ken is obviously, like, he's just Ken. He feels like he is nothing without Barbie. Because that is his purpose, right? He was made to be, like, he was made, he was made to be Barbie's, um, like, plus one. So when she doesn't pay him any attention and she doesn't actually return his, like, romantic feelings, he feels, what? Like, he's, like, off-footed all of a sudden, you know? And he doesn't know what to do with himself anymore because his sole purpose of living, like, his, like, his, all his worth was attached to Barbie. And if he does, and if he can't have Barbie, then what does that mean for him? Like, yes, what he did in this movie was terrible. You know, he kicked her out of her house and, like, you know, all that. It was terrible. I do agree with that. But what this movie teaches, like, 
what this movie teaches um, us is not just for Barbie, but for Ken as well. It's okay to be normal, you know? You can't, you shouldn't attach your worth to having a relationship with a woman or a man. He doesn't hate women. He's having an identity crisis. And this movie celebrates him being ordinary. Because, like, at the end of the day, Ken doesn't actually get anything materially anymore. He doesn't get the girl. He doesn't have Barbie Land. Oh, yeah, that's another thing. The reason why he went after Barbie Land later on was because his worth was attached to Barbie and he clearly can't have Barbie. But then the patriarchy comes, like, he learns about the patriarchy and it's about, and it's giving him a sense of purpose, right? About being a man and how, like, a man should want these things and should do this. Like I said, he's having an identity crisis. He doesn't know what to do with himself. But with the patriarchy, it tells him that this is what he should want. And that is Barbie land. He needs to have that power. So he's like, okay, I'll have that power. Because clearly I can't have Barbie. So at the end, he doesn't get the girl. And he doesn't have Barbie land. But he's happier for it. Just being Ken becomes the possibility. You know how at the end, after like him and Barbie, you know, he's crying in her room. And he's like, and um... You know, Barbie, like, makes him feel better and is just like, you know, we don't need to be in a relationship. We could still be friends. And, like, you know, you don't need me to be, like, the best version you can be. You know, she's basically saying this. And then, like, he's got that shirt that says, um, I am Kenuff, which is obviously hilarious. But also, like, he's so much happier for just being an ordinary person. Just like how Barbie is so much happier becoming Barbara and a normal human being who doesn't have that it girl status attached to her. Ken is much happier in realizing that he doesn't have to attach his worth to owning something, such as being in a relationship with Barbie or having something materially in his, like, possession. He is just Ken, and he's okay with that. He's just Ken, and he's got a bright future, and he can do whatever he wants with that. He is Kenuff. <laughs> it's an uplifting message for everybody. Your identity doesn't need to be defined or seen depending on your relationship with the other gender. You can find it on your own terms and we will all thrive. That That is the message of Barbie. Barbie finds her calling in being ordinary. Ken doesn't quite know where he wants to go from here. But he is enough. He knows that... He knows that he doesn't know, you know? <laughs> He doesn't know what comes up in the future, but he's content with just riding it as it goes. And you can see this as well because he throws, um, he gives, he gives the fur jacket that he wore to the, one of the other Kens as well. Like, so he, he, he was physically giving up something that he owned materially and he's like freer for that, you know? It's just, it's such a sweet message and to have that pressure to not be like... Because that's another thing as well. Ken is so emotional in this film. He is an absolute, like, delight. I love him. Um, but, like, you know, at the end, he's crying in Barbie's arms and stuff like that. And, like, you don't see men do that. Like, he's not... Usually, men are usually... Men characters, I'm saying, are usually portrayed in such ways that are, like... Uh, I don't exactly know how to say it. Like, it's so... There, it's so macho, man. Like, okay, in movies, it's different a little bit because, obviously, the different characters do different things. Like, there's nerdy characters and there's, you know, there's handsome characters and there's, uh, you know, cool, macho characters. I don't know. Like, there's the different stereotype. But if you think about 
If you think about advertisements, right? If you look at the men perfume or cologne advertisements, they're always like it's always like some sort of like French word, and like there's this guy in sunglasses. There's this rich, expensive luxury car. There are mountains. There's a cabin in the woods, and then you see the solitary like zoom out shot of his back, and then like it fades to black as the perfume like comes into sh- like you know fades in, and it's like it's so. It's obviously, like, really aesthetically beautiful, but it's so isolating as well. You see this macho man who's really cool and rich, and he's alone. And he doesn't, it's so, and he's so stoic, you know? Like, that's that's the image that men have to hold up for themselves. And with Ken, he's obviously not, like, so stoic, and he's very open with what he feels, um, and at the end, he's just Ken. So that poster in the beginning that I was saying, where it says she's everything, he's just Ken. Like I said, at first glance, she's the empowering one, and he and it's derogatory towards Ken because he's just Ken. However, now understanding all this, seeing the movie, understanding that it's okay to be normal, he's just Ken. It, there's nothing wrong with it. He's just Ken. It's not Barbie and Ken anymore. It's Barbie and Ken. It's just Ken. It's not a bad thing anymore. Do you get it? You get it? Oh my god. I like I just get so excited explaining these things. <laughs> I absolutely like adore it. Um but that and it's because of this that I kind of get so upset when people like can look at me in the eye and genuinely think that the way men are treated in the movie is so bad. But it because the message was so like, was so much clear, not like my English, because what was that, so much clear, <laughs> uh, but, like, that message was so clear, he is okay to be normal, she is okay to be normal, and everyone will thrive if you find yourself on your own terms, and it's just, it's, it's so nice. If I want to talk about reality for a second, so go away from the Barbie movie and go to the actors, like, Ryan Gosling, you know when the, um, when the, casting list first came out like we knew who was playing who we knew Bar- um margot robbie was gonna play barbie and then ryan gosling came out to become ken i remember the amount of criticism he received online like i'm not gonna lie i was one of those people i heard ryan gosling was gonna be in the film and i'm like what it's, it's because i'm young of course but like ryan gosling was never my he, he was never really in my time of obsession if you know what I mean like I think it was um is it the I I think it's like Ryan Gosling was like super big for like the millennials I feel like uh that like he's not really from my age range so I kind of missed a lot of his movies so I don't really see the big hype personally um so that that was my thought process at the time and so I was like oh Ryan Gosling I kind of forgot how he looked like so I looked him up and I saw that he was gonna be a bleach blonde for the film and he was like he looked I'm not gonna lie and the photo I looked at was the one where he was wearing that neon bright roller skating things I think I looked at it and I'm like oh my god they chose Ryan Gosling out of all the people to be kin really Because in that picture, he looked like such a douchebag. Like, he looked like the stereotypical douchebag where it's like, 
you know the douchebag boyfriend that you kind of don't want as a boyfriend the boyfriend that you get in the beginning of the film before the real main main lead comes in and you what for whatever reason break off with that boyfriend and you find that better person boyfriend like that that is the vibe that ryan was giving me and he was critique and a lot of people were kind of agreeing with the same thing they were like that is not the ken i had in mind like who is this and he was so old as well like and like it's kind of clear that he was a little like his age is a bit obvious and i'm not saying it's a bad thing but it was obvious that he was a lot older than you know how the kin character is perceived margot robbie i don't actually know how old she is but she's very she is literally the spitting image of barbie so no one really complained from what i saw anyway other than the typical ones so he was ryan gosling was age ashamed and he was criticized so hard for not being good looking enough for not doing this for not fitting the image for not having the right body type you know for like he was criticized so hard and it was like crazy how bad he had it and i saw someone say that like obviously what he went through was terrible and it like that sucks but what i find really interesting what i found really interesting about this person was that they said that ryan gosling has to had to go through what a lot of female actresses have to go through when it comes to being cast as like an iconic female character or something a lot of a lot of uh, a lot of actresses get age shamed and criticized for not being uh, a certain body type, for not being old, like for not being uh, young enough. Like I remember, for example, uh, for the Hunger Games, and I will be covering the Hunger Games sometime in the near future, hopefully, inshallah. But like, um, uh, when uh, what? Oh my God, what's her name? The main actress for the Hunger Games. When she was first cast, uh, apparently she had a lot of criticism for not being, like, for not having the right body type. You know, she was a bit chubby, she, like, and she wasn't thin enough. And a lot of interview questions were saying that and, like, how she wasn't conventionally attractive or something like that. Uh, But she herself had always, like, she had always thought, like, the character of Katniss needed to be stockier you know she was going to be someone who had to do a lot of like fitness and um battles and she had to have physical capability she couldn't be this stick thin person that they kind of wanted her to be um and this is uh this is from like you know critics and interviewers and stuff i saw this online and i was just like oh dang like i thought there was absolutely nothing wrong with how she looked like but then someone was saying how she looked she looked too old when she, in fact, was young, when she, when she, like, did the first Hunger Games movie, but she looked too old, and they wanted her to look younger, but, like, that was, I don't know, it felt kind of perverted. Anyway, but you know what I mean? Like, that happens to a lot of people, um, but it, like, mainly women, um, and Ryan Gosling had to go through that, and, like, obviously, it's horrible, this shouldn't happen to anyone, but, uh, this person was basically making a joke that, um, Ryan was so committed to the bit of being kin and like um, you know having to show that it's okay to be normal and like that whole message thing that he's method acting it and like he's showing us the lessons in real time like um, about uh, in the social norms reverse which was actually really funny <laughs> and like a lot of people complain as well the word patriarchy is used so much in this film that it's doesn't even have meaning anymore and like it's just i mean like i get it but at the same time like it's just it's simple enough to for like a young woman 
trying to figure out her way in the real world, right? And it's not just a movie for young women. It is also a movie for young men. Like, Barbie says, like, herself, like, men deserve to feel love, you know? Their worth isn't tied to how much attention a woman is paying to them. They deserve to be free from these systems that are holding women down just as they are holding men down as well. They are just as trapped as we are, and they don't get talked about enough. Like, yes, like, women go through, like, some really terrible stuff as well. But I feel like a lot of, um, a lot of the struggles that men go through goes unannounced. And it's like, it is tough. I'm not gonna lie. It's so tough to live as a man in the 21st century. Because you kind of get dogged on no matter what you do. You know, you would do some, like, a guy would do something and then someone would, like, you know, roll, roll their eyes and be like, oh, says, says the white, like, straight white man, you know, and stuff like that. Like, yes, it's a joke and, like, and stuff like that, but I feel like to a certain extent, like, it can only go on for so long and you can only say so much before you start meaning it or before it, like, just, it just rubs off on people the wrong way, I think, and it's just obviously, like, certain crowds and stuff like that and it's just, I don't know, I don't know. The movie is, in conclusion, because I'm all over the place today, I'm sorry. In conclusion, the movie is great, and it's a, it has a good message for both men and women. Uh, and it, you know, peeves me when people say it's not. Um, and uh, I hope, if you guys still haven't seen the movie, that you guys watch it, because it is so good. Or, and if you guys have seen the movie, I still recommend you guys go watch it again, because, well... Hopefully, whatever I talked about today, and you guys somehow understood it, um, you guys can see the movie in a newer, better light. And if you guys didn't get the Ken plot line as well, like, try and focus on that a little bit, and let me know if you guys agree or disagree. Because at the end of the day, this is all my opinion, and, um, yeah. <laughs> uh, that is the conclusion for, uh, the Barbie segment, but before, before I, you know, sign off and everything, I just wanted to update you guys as well on the, uh, situation in Palestine. Um, at the time, uh, this comes out, the, the ceasefire, the three-day ceasefire agreement will have ended, and Israel, um, says that they're going to not hold back on Gaza, and they're going to go, like, full force, out and right now i just encourage you guys to um donate um if you can donate if you can afford to do that if you're in a place to do that please uh donate to the charities and um if you can't do that boycott the places like i said uh starbucks disney coke um and uh I'm pretty sure as well on TikTok there's this um, thing going on where if there's enough people using this filter, then the money will go to the charity. So there's the watermelon filters that are going on. If you guys know what I'm talking about, that please use those as well and uh, stay safe out there. And um, yeah. But anyway, thank you guys so much and I'll see you guys in the next episode. Thank you all for joining me today on Thoughts and Theories. I hope you've learned something new or taken away something to think about. I hope to see you all next time. Till then... This has been Thoughts and Theories with Asha Ama Asri. This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand on the air.